0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment, and I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than thirty minutes, so let's get started. So today we uh, wanted to talk a little bit about um, app review and specifically avoiding App Store rejection. Um, I've run into some recent challenges with app review, and this is. Just sort of par-, par for the course, and it seemed like a good opportunity um, to talk about this. Like it's a as much as it's easy and nice and fun to talk about the building an app process, like the part of actually you know designing it, implementing it, testing it, and even in some ways even like submitting it. That process, like at the at some point your app is going to go through the app review process if you're you know if you're an iOS developer, and there's you know. A very reasonable chance that at some point one of your apps um, is going to be rejected and it's probably worth saying that this is very common uh, like i've been rejected i've been rejected many times over the years i've been doing this for seven years and it isn't like you know so somehow when i get rejected it's like it all, it's always a bit sad and and, and complicated but it isn't something that, that that's like life-shattering and like oh no this is terrible because, you know, it's a process and you can usually work your way through. Like, for the, with a the very few exceptions, almost all the times I've had an app rejected, I end up working with, with app review. It's either a misunderstanding or I just need to change something small and subtle in my app. And you can work your way through. Um, but there's a lot of things that you can probably do to avoid it in the first place. Um, and then just sort of some things that I think we're going to talk about, too, of things to how to respond in, a, in an appropriate and constructive way um, when things don't go quite your way um because it's a big part of the process and it's also certainly something you want to keep in mind when you're planning your release like if you're especially if you're trying to release something with a specific date in mind I think right now Apple quotes that like 98% of new apps, um, are reviewed within five days right now, like on, like on their support website, which is probably, I think, you know, take them at their word. That's probably true. Um, but you, that doesn't mean that once you submit your app will be ready in five days because, you know, every time you get rejected, you kind of have to restart that clock. And so I tend to expect things to take at least two weeks, um, like 14 days. To be, you know, from when I submit it to when it will be ready for the store. And by and large, unless, you know, things are going very problematic or it's a really, really, really busy time of the year um, that usually sort of seems to work out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, this is probably a bigger problem with consulting where you have to where the client wants to know, like, when is this going to be ready? And you kind of can't give them a, a, a guaranteed date. Uh but you know, anytime you're planning any kind of marketing push, which you probably should be with almost any kind of app you make these days, um, it it is kind of a problem to not know when it will actually be released. And you know, if if you can if you can have everything kind of like uncommitted and just kind of like in draft mode, you know, with all your marketing and everything, then you can, you know, just release it whenever you get approved, um or you know, within an ideal day of you know like if you want to wait till it's not a weekend or wait till it's not midnight or whatever you know that's probably a better idea um but otherwise if you have to commit to a firm date to somebody the only real way to do that is to set the app for hold for developer release and get it approved first and then set a date um and of course that's very time consuming because then you have to basically write the entire app like maybe a month before you want to actually release it because you have to allow all these paddings for everything um, so I think it's just you know anything you can do both for your for your client if you're a consultant or for yourself if you're not um, to and anything you can do to kind of reduce people's expectations of having a precise release date for an app store app uh, will help you there uh, because that's that's the reality of of what we're what we're dealing with here with app review and it's always been that way and it's always been you know it's always been you can get it released within a week most of the time but not all the time and you can't guarantee that and it might be longer you know and you can't even say oh well maybe we'll get rejected once and then second time it will get through you can't even say that because second time you know, First of all, it might take longer. There, there's occasionally times where you get stuck in app review for weeks and you don't really know why. And maybe you've got to like email developer relations to have them kick, kick it for you and get it going again or something. And sometimes things require manager review if you're like kind of on the edge of something, which we'll get to. Um, so there's, you, know, you can never really be sure how long it will take. And so anything you can do to not depend on that or to not guarantee that to anybody else, uh, the more you can do that, the better. Yeah.
0: And it's just sort of part of the process. And it's probably one of the things to keep in mind with like the number one rule of app review in some ways is to like keep calm and try and not have it be a, <laughs> a pressured thing. Cause it was just very, it's easy, much easier said than done. And I, I'm speaking that from very specific experience where it's hard to not be calm, but anything you can do, like you're sort of like to take pressure off that process to have it not be like, but I have to have this out by this particular day. Like that is a like asking for trouble because this is the process we have. Like App Review exists for a purpose. Um, you could disagree with that purpose or not, but like it exists. So this is the it's like these are the rules of the store, and so it's just something that we have to, as developers, keep in mind and plan accordingly.
1: Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Like if if you if you're sitting, I mean, e- even the most hardcore developers who were really super against the idea of the App Store in the early days. I don't know anybody who is still fighting the fight of saying there shouldn't be app review. <laughs> like everyone fought that fight in 2008 and I don't think anyone is still is still expecting that to change. And ultimately I like the the idea of app review and I usually like the implementation of it. There there are parts of it that I think need to be reconsidered or need to be improved, but overall the concept of app review and most of the execution of it, I think, is actually beneficial to both us and our customers. And as an app store customer, also, I appreciate that it's there.
0: Exactly, because it's you know, its its goal is to try and maintain sort of a certain like be this line in the sand to try and say like you have to meet this bar, and we can argue about where that bar is. But yeah, I'm very glad that there is a bar, and both it's helpful as a developer to you know have some have a goal in mind, and I think. In general, I wish the bar were a bit higher for a lot of in a lot of cases, but yep. it's the bar that exists that we have to at the very least um, reach. Um, so let's probably start talking about that bar. Um, and there's a couple of links we'll have in the show notes about this. Like Apple is pretty helpful in terms of their documentation about app review, about what to expect, and they have a really helpful page that if you haven't looked at, you're kind of doing this wrong, of common app rejection reasons. And they have a page where they list out, um, like, what are these are the most common reasons? And they even include at the bottom, like, for certain p- periods of time, they'll t- say what the most common reasons were for app projections. Um, but before we get into those, the first thing you always have to do when you think about app review is read the actual app review guidelines. Like, if you haven't read the rules, um, there's really no way that you could reasonably expect for your app to um, pass review except by luck. And there's a lot of them. Um, I counted them up in preparation for today's show. And there are currently 182 app review rules. Um, and they're broken down into all kinds of different categories. They're all different kinds. Like there's ones that are functional. There's ones that are more privacy related. Um, there's ones that only apply to certain apps. You know, So if you're a health app, there's certain rules that apply to you. Um, if you're an insurance company, there's certain rules. Like there's all kinds of very – some of them are very specific. Some of them are very broad. Um, and it's one of these things that periodically you should probably just like read through the app review guidelines and make sure that you at least know what vaguely what's going on there, because um, you know a sort of ignorance of the rule isn't going to be a particularly useful defense um, if, if app review comes back and says, "Hey, you know, you need to change this." You're like, "Oh, I didn't know." It's like, well, you know, it, it's it's in it's in the guidelines. Um, But on that page, um, the most interesting thing that I see that when they break down kind of the typical reasons that people get get rejected, um, like at least a quarter of them um, are in some ways entirely avoidable. Um, so 14, percent they said, of app projections happen because the developer did not provide enough ad- enough information. That's like the sort of this, c- this catch all: more information needed, um, which I would take to mean like you didn't complete, you didn't do something complete in your like app store description or your screenshots, um, or you're doing something funny that they need more clarification on. Um, which is just as a side note is it, when you submit an app, there's a little box that says review reviewer notes. Um, and if you don't if you're not putting anything in there, you're probably like way, sort of doing doing it wrong because I'm doing that's it wrong. like that's your opportunity. If there's anything that's weird or edge casey or that your reviewer could get confused by, like you can write a little note and the review will, will will read it before you um before they look at your app. And so anytime you're doing anything that could be problematic, like kind of preempt that by saying, hey, I'm doing this in this app. Um, you know, maybe like, like in, if, if it requires a certain kind of permission or you can explain why it requires that permission, you know, so like in pedometer plus plus, it's like, I have a little note that I usually submit along with it. that says like, it requires motion tracking permission. And that's what it uses to, you know, to count your steps. If you don't provide this information, it shows you an informational screen in the app, um, indicating that, you know, it needs that permission in order to gather the data or something like that. But like 14% of app projections are because you didn't provide, enough information. And then another 10% um, are apps that exhibit bugs, um, which is typically in this case, I think crashes is is probably the biggest category of, um, of bugs. But like that ultimately, if you're submitting an app that's crashing in the brief window that the app reviewer is looking at it, like something's got missed in QA probably because they're pro- they're really not, it's not the kind of bug that they're going to be like importing, you know, 10,000 records into your database and really working like pushing your app to the limit. Like I expect they're probably sitting down with your app and using it for five minutes at most. And so if it crashes in that first five minutes, like you've probably done something not quite right um, in your testing phase. Like you should probably have been able to replicate the crash that they're having in the first
1: place. Yeah. I mean, it, this is and this is one of the reasons why app, app rejection is or app, app review is so good for for everybody because yeah I mean there are there are lots of crashes that get through review and that ship to customers but I know a lot of developers myself included who who app review has saved us from accidentally shipping something that would have affected a lot more people like you know they they test a lot about the app like you know for instance like if if you if your new user registration or login process is broken and you ship a bug fix update that you think it's just a bug fix and you don't test new user logins because you didn't hit that during your like hour of testing on your own phone uh they will hit that and and then you don't accidentally break the app for all of your customers during the next week while you can get while you can get another bug fix out um so this is like the the guideline where like if your app crashes or exhibits obvious bugs during review, you will definitely get rejected. That is great, and I think that's totally unarguable. Like whether that should be there or not. Exactly. Yeah. Like
0: that's the kind of, and it's I will like it's really happened to me too. Yeah. Where you, it's it's a lovely thing where they'll catch something. Um, that you just is—it's usually not hard to recreate, but it's just a situation that you may not—you may have missed. Like it's on a particular device, um, or like on a fresh install on an, on a particular device, you'll have an issue, or or things like that. And it certainly is a nice thing that it's like there's this last sort of sanity process. Like definitely don't rely on it as a QA process. Like app is not no. QA. Like it's not like oh if it, you know I don't need to worry about doing basic QA because app will find it. Like that is entirely the wrong. Way to look at it. It's more like it's this last chance to catch a bug that um, may otherwise get through. Um, but once we're through, kind of like those those first two, like you just didn't provide enough information to app uh, to Apple, or there's like obvious and sort of glaring bugs in it. Um, like, well, and then we start to get into rules and things that become much more. I don't know, like squishy, Um, you know, things like they'll like uh, guideline rule ten point six is one of these like Apple and our customers place a high value on simple, refined, creative, well thought out interfaces. Um, They take more work, but they're worth it. And Apple sets a high bar. If your app is user, user, if your user interface is complex and less than very good, it may be rejected.
1: Yeah.
0: Like six percent of apps (laughs) are rejected for not
1: meeting that criteria. I wonder. I'd love to see those six percent. Because if you, look, if you look at what's in the store, uh, I would describe many apps that I come across in the store as having UIs that are less than very good. <laughs> so you've you got to wonder what else they're seeing that gets that 6% rejection. Because uh, this is one of those areas where I would love for the bar to be higher.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it is, and it's. This is these are the like. There's some of the guidelines that are like negative, and there are some that are almost like more positive, like a, more like aspirational. Like I like the concept of this rule, and like I like the way it's written. Even like I think that's a really good thing, and like being more strict on that is certainly something that um, could be helpful. But it's certainly something to keep in mind that like yeah, like Apple is going to look at your app, and if if it really is just kind of like shoddy and thrown together. There's a good chance that it'll be rejected as a result, um, and so you know, like, work hard on your app, make it look good, you know, try your best. Like, um, especially in since like the iOS seven stuff, like a lot of these things are much easier to do than they may have once been. Um, to kind of make an app that looks and feel that you know feels at home on the platform and you know is is good in the, in that kind of visual sense, um, but you know, like, know that if you don't,
1: you might get called on this. Yeah, and it's. This is one of those rules that it's it's very hard to enforce consistently by a large staff of a whole bunch of humans, and and this is part of the problem with that preview. You know, one of the biggest problems they have is just inconsistency of enforcement. And you know, we can sit here and as we have and say like we'd love for that for the bar to be higher on like the UI quality rule, uh, but. The higher they make it, the the more we're gonna see people getting rejected for things that are arguable or that they shouldn't have been rejected for, and we don't like that, and we blog about that. So you know, I I don't know. I I think uh, it, it, this is one of those things where it. I wish the rule was more strict, but if it were, it might just cause more problems. Maybe, yeah, and and it's like
0: and it is probably also worth it's, it's like the reality with app review is and this is something very important when you are dealing with a rejection is the understanding that like the people who are doing app review are people like they're individuals whose job it is to go to work every day and they sit down and they go through applications and they tr- make you know decisions about them and you know people are flawed and make mistakes and if they make mistakes in my experience AppReview is very good about correcting those mistakes um, but you know, you're, there's some inevitably. There's going to be subjective decisions that someone has to make. They have to look at it, and it's like, is this good enough? Is this good enough? Like, it's there's something like if, if your app crashes, like it's a binary thing. Like, it, as soon as your app crashes, it's failed for review. Like that's just sort of like the rule. But something like a you know a refined quality interface, like finding that line is inevitably going to be more difficult. Um, and so, just sort of give App Review some grace about. Um, if we're having a if you have a misunderstanding with them about what that might be, then, you know, just kind of have to have to work through that at a human level that you're just trying to convince somebody, um, who's doing their job, you know, that your app
1: is actually good enough. Our sponsor this week is Hover. Quite simply, Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. It's my place of choice, honestly, for registering all of my domains. I go there first, and I, I just I stop there, and I buy things there because it's just really good. It's well-designed. It's hassle-free. It's very respectful of you and your time and your money uh, and your privacy. Uh, Hover is great for buying domains. They have all the big TLDs, all the top-level domains that you might need, all the crazy new ones, plus all the nice you know, conservative old ones that I tend to prefer most of the time. Um, and they have uh, great prices com domains are now just 12.99 a year that includes who is privacy for free along with all their other domain names that include that um, they also have fantastic customer support hover has a no hold no wait no transfer phone support policy so you can just call them this is great you call them and a human being picks up the phone and that person helps you it's amazing. It's like the way everything used to work before everything got horrible. Hover still has that today for domain registration. Plus, of course, you, know, you can email them if you need to, everything else. They have great support. Uh, they have volume discounts for bulk domain renewal. They have custom email solutions. You can have email hosted there or forwarded to the domain of your choice. They even have an awesome new feature called Hover Connect, uh, which makes it easier than ever to get new domains connected with various hosting platforms to make a whole website really nice and easily. Um, So now from the domain admin panel, you can select which service you use, including Squarespace, Tumblr, Shopify, and many more, and they will automatically configure all your DNS to work with those things. So no more weird copying and pasting, getting the A record right and everything. Hover Connect is great for getting things set up quickly. So go right now to Hover.com and try them out for your domain names. Use code REVIEW. That's code review at checkout. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for under the radar and all of Relay FM. Thank you very much to Hover for sponsoring our show.
0: And of course, there are many other rules
1: that we could talk about. Um, oh yeah. And just like kind of like as as a guiding principle, like in general, I feel like a lot of people look at the app store rules as though they as though it's like a, a, a legal contract that you can try to whittle your way around. And it's very important to consider that the app store rules are not laws. And app review is not a court of law. And, you know, while while you can like while there there are parts of it that kind of sound like it, like there's the appeal process and everything, but it's always important to re to, to remember that these rules are broad Usually, they're vague. Uh, They are made to be subjectively interpreted by the app reviewers and their managers. And they also are not the complete list of rules. And the rules can change over time. So really, what matters is the spirit of the rules, not the letter of the rules, because they're all being subjectively evaluated. And you can't guarantee that if if you are trying to skirt around a rule by using some kind of technicality in the wording or interpreting something differently... That probably won't work. And if he gets through once, it probably won't get through the next time you got to do an update. And so it's, it's wise in general to just avoid being near the edges of the rules. You know, avoid relying on things that are almost disallowed or almost against the rules, but you're living on the edge because... It's going to bite you eventually. You know. Again, you might get through this time, but then when you need to submit an urgent bug fix, that might get rejected for something the first version passed for. Um, that wasn't even included in the bug fix, but like it, you know, just so happened. Oh, like oh, your login screen plays weird tricks that are kind of against the rules, so we're going to reject this important bug fix. Um, so, generally speaking, this is not a place to to try to play fast and loose or try to live on the edge of a certain interpretation of a certain rule because that's not how this works. Yeah, exactly. And
0: like and especially when you start to get into like the next most popular reasons that people are rejected or become start to become things that are very obvious that aren't good. Like they tend to start to get into things around like being fraudulent or misleading, um, not dealing with people's personal information correctly, like having misleading um, or inappropriate trademark violations, like things that are kind of obvious and problematic. And if you're doing those things, like you really are in trouble. Like the place to push the boundaries in your application is not on the policy side. It's almost certainly going to be on the technology side, like doing something new and interesting um, functionally Rather than trying to like find some new way to sort of game the app store, because like you said, like Apple at any point, it's like it's it's a very one sided relationship, and you could, you could sort of argue back and forth about whether that's a good thing or not. But at the end of the day, if Apple doesn't like your app, they don't have to publish it. It's not a situation that even if, if you know if, if like you could you, in your you in your heart of hearts could think this app belongs on the app store. If Apple disagrees. That's where the, the way it is, and by and large, I think they're fairly good stewards of that power. But ultimately, that's the reality, and so trying to do things that are gaming or being aggressive with the you know against the rules is just never going to work, and it's just not productive.
1: Yeah, like you, you basically you can't rely on getting away with it. You know, like the, like if if you if you think you can get away with things in other you know other parts of your life because you can live on the edge of a rule or you can find a little loophole. Apple doesn't care if what you do technically is allowed by the wording of a certain rule. If it violates what they believe to be the spirit of the rule, you're going to get rejected. Simple as that. And you can complain as much as you want. Uh you can you can blog about it, you can get press about it, but ultimately uh yeah, they they make the final call and you you just have to accept that. And you can you can again you can argue about it. But that arguing about it won't usually get your app back in the store unless it's really unless it's like really truly arguable and they are undecided internally about what the policy should be and then you can you can argue for certain things to be changed like when things are new and they're still figuring out the rules around certain things, but stuff like the thirty percent cut and trying to get around that which everybody wants to try to get around these days uh trying to have like an an app purchase through your website that's not running through their system and everything like stuff like that the rules pretty the rules are pretty clear and you you won't skirt them by some technicality. Exactly.
0: And so lastly, I think the place to talk through is the process of when you get rejected, what that's like, um, and then maybe some recommendations around like constructive approaches to it. You know, and so you submit an app and you put it in, out in the App Store and you you know, you kind of it goes into waiting for review, like as its status, and then eventually it'll pop over into in review, um, which is always very exciting. And it's terrifying. Terrifying, yeah. It's, it's that's you could use that word. It's 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 very it's very similar. Um, so you're in this terrified state, um, just waiting for. Um, and if you probably should have the iTunes Connect app installed on your phone, in that you can turn on push notifications, so you can be really aware of um, if anything's happened with your app. Um, And then you're hoping for, it'll probably come back to either processing for App Store or pending developer release Um, if it's been approved. That's like, those are the good ones. Or you may get um, your app has been rejected, um, which is a, a bit of a harsh thing that can mean a lot of different things. It could be rejected. There's what's called metadata rejection, which is the app is fine, but there's some issue with your screenshot or description or something along those lines, or your keywords aren't quite right, or those types of things where it's more of a very minor fix. Like, you don't have to resubmit your app. You can just change the metadata and resubmit. Um, but, you know, it, when it happens, usually Apple will, will you know, they'll, they'll provide you a, a reason in what's called the Resolution Center in iTunes Connect. And, you know, they'll just basically, usually they'll cite a rule. Like, I've pretty much always had a rejection that always, always ties back to some rule. Sometimes the rules are the very, like, sort of catch-all rules. Sometimes they're very specific. Um, They'll say like, this is what, you know, this is what the rule that you violated. Um, They give you like a one or two sentence description about your specific violation. And then they'll usually give you a couple of sentences about, you know, what you'll need to change. If anything, it could be changed um, to be in compliance with the rule. And when this happens, like number one advice, and this is hard fought advice that I've learned over the years, is like the first thing you need to do is like calm down. Um, cause there's, it's so easy, at least for myself, for this to be a very emotional thing that like someone has, it's kind of like when you read a one-star review in the app store or something like that, where it can be very emotional, like you can become very attached to your software. And then suddenly someone is saying they don't like it. It's you know rejected. It's a pretty harsh thing. And so you kind of have to just like take a step back, take a deep breath. Like you don't want to just like immediately, you know, go to the resolution center, open that up and start yelling and screaming and saying, aha, you know, I can't believe you did this. Like the reality is you need to be professional. You need to be polite, understand that there's just someone doing their job at the other end of this. So being polite, considerate, patient, like writing in full sentences with not full, all caps. Like these are things that are probably going to help your case because shouting at them isn't going to help your case. Being clear and constructive might might be, or at least will help. Um, and the thing that I found most helpful too is To take a step back and try and put yourself in the app reviewer's shoes and see why they rejected you. Like if if it isn't immediately obvious. Like if obviously, if they just said like your app crashed, that that's not a big surprise. But if you're on one of these things where it's more subjective, just being like, well, you're wrong. Like that's not what I'm doing there, or that's different, or you're you know that rule is stupid. None of those are going to help. But if you can understand why they're doing it, like where they're coming from, what that the spirit of that rule is probably around. And frame your response to them accordingly, you probably have a much better chance um, of kind of clearing it up and just sort of having it be a misunderstanding that gets fixed rather than being um, like a confrontation that just began. Um, and beyond that, you just kind of have to work the process. Like, it'll take time. You you know, you write them a message, and then within you know a few hours, a few days, you'll get a response back. Um, if you need to, you can go to the app review like appeal board, um, which I think would take even longer. Um, when, if you really are like pushing up against something that is kind of gray in the policy, um, but in general, you just kind of have to stay, you know, sort of keep calm and just like work the process and understand that it happens. It's nothing like personal in that in in that way. Like it's not like oh man, you're a failure. You got your app. your app was rejected initially. Like I've had a lot of apps, many of whom went on to be very successful. That their first submission was rejected for you know all, all kinds of reasons. And so it's just part of the process. Keep calm, be respectful, and
1: it'll probably work out okay in the end. Yeah, I mean because we all go through this. Everyone gets rejected. And, you know, even not just your first version, like updates can get rejected for all sorts of reasons, too. And, I mean, my apps get rejected all the time. Like, you know, probably I would say maybe. 10 to 20 percent of my submissions get rejected for some reason and that's because and it used to be a higher rate like i've just gotten better over the years at trying to avoid those issues um you know it's just it happens right and we all deal with it i mean right now like i'm on edge right now against all the advice you just gave i'm not calm right now because i have a bug fix update for overcast that's been in review through a night boundary and usually what that means like in review is fine when it lasts one day When it crosses a night boundary and you and you are in review for multiple days, what that sometimes means is they're busy, but what it most of the time means is you're being kicked up to a manager for something, and that's usually not good. I'm probably about to get rejected for some reason that I consider like BS, but (laughs) I'm I'm just going to deal with it and I'm resubmit and I'll move on, and that's life. That's just being an app developer, and it's you know it's no big deal.
0: Exactly. And we just, you know, we just make the make the best of it. Like, maybe and it's a kind of an example of a place where it's just like part of being like what you could use a kind of the word professionalism or something like mm-hmm. this is a very an area where that comes very much into play that like, okay, it happens. Like, let's just move on, try and make it un, as unemotional as we can. Let's be respectful as best we can. And in the end, like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I've been rejected many times. I've had some very um, I've had, I've had a lot of feelings about <laughs> rejections at times. Um, but by and large, I can look back and like the reason I'm still doing this, you know, seven and a half years later is because in the end, I, I very rarely look back at the way that App Review has behaved and look at it and, you know, and sometimes I'll disagree with it, but the, I can respect it and I can understand where it's coming from. And that helps a lot in keeping level handed and, you know, being reasonable
1: in this process. Well said. All right. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.